Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. We've got an exciting slate today, everyone. Football is all the way back, at least professionally. Yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute. You know, we might have some updates there. We'll see. We'll see. Um, So we're going to get into some football to start out. But first, we'll let Jim introduce some uh, some exciting developments in the the podcast world here. We are on Apple, baby. For all of our listeners that have been asking us, Muff has officially got us into the Apple world. So you can find us on Apple Podcast uh, just by searching the name of the show, Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. And uh, you should be able to find us there, Spotify, I think Pandora too. Am I, am I right, Muff? Pandora, Google Podcasts, um, all, all the major ones we're, we're on. We're making it happen right now. So get, get in the game. We're expanding our reach. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your wife. We're getting out there. So at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. We're starting to try to become a little bit more active in that that realm as well. So we might get some some weird likes and retweets that we've never seen before. See some bots. Try to weed out the real people from the not real people. Yeah, we don't like bots. We don't like bots. Uh, so yeah, we're expanding our reach. Another thing is, um, and we'll expand on this when we get to talking about college football, the wake is in question. We, so we're going to call it the get-together for the time being. Because there may be a Big Ten uh, season. We don't know. So we, we are, I told you we were going to tell you today about the wake. Turns out there may not be a wake, so we're still on hold. So those are our two bits of housekeeping to start the show. So in keeping with the theme in recent weeks of bringing on some guests, we have a guest with us today, somebody that Jim and I um, knew from our time, well, Jim's time in higher ed and our time together and working in higher ed, um, former student at a school that we worked at, a current official um, working some games in Ohio uh, for football, and just a general all-around sports fan. He's in the uh, the fantasy football league. He does uh, tries to keep active with with the Twitter and the Instagrams with us. Uh, we are welcoming Nate to the show. Nate, are you uh, are you excited to join the show here? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, because so it's the been theme- a while since I've seen you guys, let alone talk. Right. So the theme here is that you are a guru because we are gurus of nothing. Well, yeah, well, you've made that very well known. Okay, good. As long as you understand your role here tonight, I think we're good to go. We've made it well known. We've tried to make it uh, very apparent to everybody when we talk that we do not, we do not intend to be experts, nor do we uh, try to be. So um, let's get into the football action for today. We've got, uh, we're going to roll through this. Any, any comments have at it. The Bears did not pull the Mitch Trubisky train into the 
into the stable today. They uh, they actually led a comeback, a fourth quarter comeback against the Lions somehow. Somehow, the Mr. Lions. Trubisky crafted a couple touchdown drives in the fourth quarter, and the Bears pulled off. I'm not going to call it upset against the Lions, but, you know, they won, which is good for them. You're angling this all wrong. The Lions snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Just because DeAndre that Swift dropped a touchdown pass in the last last 10 seconds. I mean, there were other opportunities, I'm sure. Uh, the Lions are were killing them for a while. Killing them for a while. Then all of a sudden, they just went to poop. And we can blame that on COVID and say they got tired. You're, <laughs> you're reaching that's, just a little bit, That's what the buddy. announcers were doing. The, well, announcers, the announcers are reaching, game. too. <laughs> the announcers did it in the Patriots game. I'm telling you, they were blaming it on COVID on both defensive ends, on the both sides of the, of the defense, Patriots and the uh, Detroit Lions game. It was COVID's fault. But the Lions gave that one away. That's where I stand on this game. They gave it away, and they did not win it in the final seconds either. Oh, yeah, that was heartbreaking. that on your red zone package, Jim. But I did. That was heartbreaking. 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 But it's typically, I feel like Matt Stafford's used to it by this point. Listen, Matt Stafford is a serviceable quarterback in the fantasy football realm because he's typically playing from behind and throws for over 300 yards a game. Yeah. Nate, did you see anything bad in, as a referee in that game? No, I actually had to referee uh, peewee football this morning. So I actually didn't even really get to watch anything until the second half of that Bucks and Saints game. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, then you missed the Browns being the Browns then. Oh, oh don't worry. I was still checking my scores during halftime. That game. That game was the doo-doo that Odell Beckham loves. That was bad. The Browns barely got over 300 total yards as a team. Barely. And they just dropped – the Ravens just dropped the hammer like they did all last year in 138-8. I mean – But are we really surprised, though? I mean, New Year's same Browns. I, I tell you what, I am kind of surprised. It looked, it looked like they didn't even have any chemistry on the field. None. Odell was in the first half didn't even exist. Did they blame that on COVID? I didn't hear any of the blaming oh. of COVID on that. <laughs> yeah, because it's the Browns. They just know better. Do we know how many receptions he and Landry had combined? Maybe 10 combined? Well, the fact that they had barely over 300 total yards, I think Baker Mayfield threw for about 180. So, And, and Baker did not have a lot of time in that pocket at all. And then the two running back costs that they have, Hunt and Chubb, they didn't run over 50 yards. It's kind of tough whenever you can't throw the ball. So it was just the, the Ravens' defense ate them up. It was embarrassing. But the Browns are going to Brown. Browns going to Brown. Browns are going to Brown. The Browns beat the Browns if you think of the Ravens winning. So, I mean, <laughs> Browns, Browns can win something, I guess. Uh, next game, the Packers just tossing up just big numbers in a shootout with the Vikings. The Packers come out on top. Yeah. Devontae Adams goes for over 150 yards receiving. 
brings in a couple tutties. Uh, Rogers throws for four touchdowns and over 350 yards. Basically, the Vikings said, Jim, did you pick us to be in the Super Bowl? Because now we're going to make you regret that. Apparently, once they got Alvin Cook locked up for the next three to five years, they decided we don't need to play defense anymore. They were wrong. Aaron Rodgers looked like Aaron Rodgers of old. Yeah, he did. There's not... He didn't have any of that rust on him. He was good to go. I was impressed with him. Oh, no. He's definitely got that chip on his shoulder this year. Yes. (laughs) Yes, you're right. When you draft a quarterback in the first round and put no other pieces around him, he's going to feel some type of way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you went 13-3. and We don't need to add anything. He he came to play today. If they're going to use Jordan Love like, you know, they use Taysom Hill and – in New Orleans, you might think a little bit differently about it, but it, it, Jordan Love's intended to be a quarterback. He's not intended to be a weapon otherwise, as far as I've seen. So, Next game, we're going to talk about the, the football team in Washington, formerly known as the Washington R-Words. Um, yep. Sneaking out some type of win over Philadelphia Eagles, and Philadelphia is just going nuts right now. Burning jerseys, game one, the overreactions of the century. Philadelphia is just not excited that Washington beat them in game one. You know who is excited? This guy. This guy. Good job, Dwayne Haskins. Good job, Chase Young. Making me feel real good to be an Ohio State fan today. Okay, first off, I want to make this very clear that Dwayne Haskins did not win the game. He just did not lose it for them. That's (laughs) your narrative. His coach... Had to get an IV at halftime. So you know who gave the speech and motivated that comeback? Mr. Dwayne Haskins, sir. You can prove that? Were you in the yeah. locker room? Yeah. Ron Rivera said it. in the locker it. room? Ron Rivera said it post-game. Oh, because he couldn't be lying to make Dwayne Haskins look better. Oh, come on with your conspiracy theories. <laughs> get out of here. Name, name another player on that the team besides those two. Doesn't matter. Those two are the team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what were Dwayne Haskins' stats? Do you even know? Doesn't matter. They were good. Uh, you didn't start him in your fantasy league, so obviously you weren't too confident. Well, oh. you know, baby steps. Baby, baby steps. steps. Well, don't forget, back. Jim also did get his Cam Newton that he's beloved all of a sudden. I know. Right. Yeah, I got to back the first horse. Where'd he go to, where'd he go to college? Well, it depends on who you ask. Did he actually really go to college or just go to play football? Wow, that's a pretty harsh assessment of your guy. (laughs) Well, I'm here to talk about his pro career, not his collegiate career. I'd just like to know if you actually know the background story of any of these guys. Which ones? From Ohio State? I know all of it. Okay. What's not? I'm not talking about cams. Okay, moving on. Moving on. The R-Words are victorious 27-17 over the Eagles. The Raiders, now of Las Vegas variety. Outlast the Panther, Panthers, thirty-four to thirty, and a little bit of a shootout. Now, I was excited because Josh Jacobs just went, just went nuts, getting three touchdowns. Thank you for some of my fantasy efforts. I appreciate you, Josh Jacobs. Just continue to do good things for us as we move forward here. Um, I also have McCaffrey in a league, so keep doing your thing, buddy. But it was um, I watched most of the first half of that game and it was it was pretty entertaining it was back and forth so that was nice the one highlight from that game two um 
Gruden was a sweaty mess. Like, get that man one of those missed fans. And and the second one, Carr, had a great day. I was very impressed with his stats. I think he had 270 yards. I, I did not think he was capable of that. Derek Carr is actually a pretty good quarterback. He just gets hurt or has other issues. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped for him, too. So good for him. But Gruden and his hair, he, I understand he likes the visor, but his hair's got the uh, – who's the guy from uh, West Virginia that used to coach for West Virginia? Olgerson. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that hair now. So maybe we get the full hat this time, John. Just just get his son out on the field with him. Have him do like 20 push-ups every, every two minutes. Make it happen. <clears throat> right. Now we're gonna move in. I'm gonna let Jim. I'm gonna let Jim take this one over. The Patriots, Jim's team, trying to include other people on Twitter to to come at me on this. Go ahead, Jim. What do you mean? What do I? I didn't include anybody. I didn't include anybody. People, Dom said, those who doubt can, or want to jump on Kim's bandwagon now, should just get off the train. Kim had a great day. Wasn't very accurate, but rushing, pretty good. He came to the he came to the game dressed like the mask. That outfit was kind of loud, but he's gonna do. Cam's gonna be Cam. So, I was very happy with his performance today. So the Patriots win twenty-one to eleven. Newton does have a, a strong overall outing. He's got two rushing touchdowns, seventy-five rushing yards. Which I hope again is not how the Patriots are planning to use him because I think they could have put him back on, back in an injury-prone situation. But yeah, Belichick's going to do what Belichick's got to do to get that win, and if that's what that's what's going to happen, I mean, it doesn't doesn't help that old Ryan Fitzmagic was not very magical today and threw three interceptions. But yeah, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get out of him. I had the defense. I had Edelman. I had Cam. Patriots that were great for me today. Stats were perfect in my world for fantasy football. Edged out Wilk. Good perfect. job, Patriots. Good yeah, some for your C grade from that draft, huh? What are you gonna do, Nate? What are you gonna do? <laughs> That's all right. Just wait till we play. We'll see what happens. Yeah, my wife. Uh, my wife was in the running there for a little bit with you, and then it kind of just fell to poop. Thank yeah, you, Odell I, Beckham. Carson had a nice day for me, and. Or not? That's my other league. I mean, Russell Wilson had four TD passes. Odell Beckham hurt her today, so uh, I, she would have been in the running. If, yeah, he had an average day. She would have been able to hang, but right. Alas. I think she's still got Big Ben tomorrow, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. All right. The next game we're getting the afternoon games real quick. Cardinals Forty ers they were worried about air quality because of the wildfires. That was mentioned a lot during this game. Kyler Murray played pretty well. Uh, but I like to think that uh, the 49ers are not going back to the Super Bowl. I think the the secret is out about them. And Jimmy G, he got beat up a lot in this game. What's the secret? You just got to get to him and, and shake him up, and nothing's going to happen. Like, he's not going to make magic happen again. Well, it 
also didn't help that George Kittle went out for them. Yeah. It's a huge loss if that ends up being a major injury. So we'll, we'll see where that ends up for, for George Kittle. Um, would be catastrophic for their offense because he's very much a part of the run and pass game for them. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where that ends up. But, I mean, <clears throat> the Cardinals came out. They they performed as people were hoping they would perform. DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. like 15 catches, over 100-some yards, um, spread it around the field. Kenyon Drake, I know, did some work for them. Um, and they just they, they squeaked out that win, 24-20. So hoping, hoping the Cardinals will do all right. Um, I'm just a fan of, of that team um, overall. I hope they hope they see some success this year for Kyler Murray and the rest of that rest of that group. Why are you a fan of the Cardinals? I like Kyler Murray as a quarterback. I really do. Um, I just I think he's exciting to watch, and I'm hoping he's going to be the breakout the breakout quarterback of the year. Okay. All right. That's an odd pick for you, but okay. The Patriots are an odd pick for you. Next game. So next we had the Patriots and the Saints. The who and the Saints? Uh, Who and the Saints? Not the Patriots and the Saints. I'm thinking about Brady. I'm thinking about Buccaneers and the Saints. And I believe, and you two will probably correct me, I believe Tom Brady has lost a step. And that game exposed it. I don't know if I would say as far as the losses step. I mean, brand new group of guys haven't gone against anybody other than your own team. I mean, of course, there's going to be some rust there. He's supposed to be the goat, Nate. Oh, I'm not debating that. I'm just just saying you got a whole new group of guys. You got to learn whole new faces, all new playbook. I mean, it's going to take a few games for them to right the ship. There, no pun intended, being the Bucks, but he, he two interceptions. He, he didn't look good. He was getting frustrated. He was getting flustered. He's that supposed to be New England. That happened in New England as well, but they usually had a defense that would bail him out. They were playing the Saints. The Saints are a high-powered offense. If you fall behind with the Saints, it's going to be tough to catch back up. Now, they stayed with them for most of the first half, and the Saints poured it on the second half. I think the biggest thing I'm looking at for, for Tampa Bay right now, what I thought was good for them looking at this game, was that Tom Brady actually has weapons on the outside at the wide receiver position. He can throw the ball up. To Mike Evans, he can throw the ball up to Charles, to to Chris Godwin. He's got options where he didn't usually throw the ball up. He had like this Joe Flacco type of situation going on for him, where he felt that he could just toss it up and they'd either get a pass interference call or somebody'd catch it. So that's I think a new a new weapon for him to get used to because he hasn't had something like that since probably Randy Moss. Um, just looking at the receivers they've had in New England, he's been very much looking at slot receivers and throwing it over the middle, short outs. So that downfield threat for him is something a little bit new that's regularly available. And speaking of weapons, Michael Thomas got hurt in that game for the Saints. That could be a at big fantasy. Game, uh, at the end of the game, he, he play out there rolled, rolled his ankle, but there's no. It was the end of the game. He wasn't going back anyway. They were up like 20, 15, 20 points. So to TBD. I'm sure something will come out by Tuesday on his status. Um, I think they released their first reports on Tuesday or Wednesday as far as injury status, so we'll see. I don't think he's going to miss a game. He was walking on the sidelines. I'm not, I'm not worried about it for anybody who's got Michael Thomas. Now let's circle back to the Chargers-Bengals game. The standout quarterback, I think, this year 
Mr. Joe Burrow. Oh, I wonder why. Coming in as a rookie. I because he's from LSU. Oh, oh, Don't so you're not gonna, you're not going to try to claim him as an Ohio State product? Listen, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that guy. Or as an Ohio product, are you going to claim him as that? Or not even going to do that. Although he's from Ohio, I'm not even going to do that. He's from LSU. That's where he won his title. No Tigers. Exactly. That's where he did good. But first year in the NFL, came out and performed really well, in my opinion. Really well. Marched him down the field for the game-tying field goal. And the kicker pulls a hammy, or did he pull a hammy? I'll, okay. I'll go conspiracy you, theory. First, you missed you missed a very key ingredient to this. AJ Green got called for offensive pass interference on a touchdown catch in the end zone. You gonna say that wasn't? You gonna say he didn't push off? Oh no! But that's what backed the field goal up an extra ten yards. Okay, so we both agree that that's what it was. Yeah. And then the kicker to tie the game pulls a hammy, kicking the ball. He didn't get touched. He pulled a hammy doing his job. I feel like you're 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 being a little too hard on the kicker here, buddy. Wide okay. receivers wide receivers pull hammies running routes. So I'm not sure like that's doing their job. You mean when they run routes, how many routes do they run a game? How many field far, goals does this man less, kick? Far less routes than I bet field goals that man kicks on the sideline each game. Muff. This man had one job and he missed because he pulled a hammy. Kickers are people too, Jim. Kickers are people too. I'm a Chargers fan, so I'm glad the game went this way. But come on, man. Do some stretches. This is your this is your time to shine. What are you doing? Thoughts, Nate? <laughs> I mean, kicking is no easy feat. I think maybe we have to get a video of Jim trying to kick some field goals, see how he fares. And see <laughs> yeah, we should put him at like the one-yard line and see if he can even put it in there from there. On, yeah, start him, at a, start him with a regular extra point, not an NFL extra point. Right. You know what? You can even get the ball that high. That's a good point. But I bet I don't pull any muscles doing it. Well, uh, you're, you not, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Maybe I should back off of Mr. Gotta, Kicker for the Bengals. Got to go full go before you can say that if you pull a Miami or not. All right. All right. I'll back off. You're <clears> right. <throat> Still. So Joe, Burrow, gonna, Joe. Joe Burrow did good today. Okay. We'll see how it goes the rest of the season for him. So we're going <clears> to <throat> circle all the way back real quick to opening night, Thursday night, <clears throat> Chiefs versus Texans. Um, the game itself, a good game to start the year, I think, because you've had Desha- you have Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes starting out the starting out the season, two of the uh, high-profile quarterbacks in the league. Um, and in addition to that, they both were pretty instrumental into the um, show of unity uh, before the game started, which I thought was cool. Um, and again, the fans didn't think it was cool. Okay, some of the fans didn't think it was cool. 
Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of controversy over how many people were actually booing versus how many people were booing the Texans as they came out of the field and how many people were saying Chiefs during that time. There's some controversy over that, but inevitably there were some people booing. Inevitably there were. But <clears throat> I think that was pretty cool to do that at the beginning of the game, and I know that there have been other um, incidents or acts, acts throughout the the weekend um, that provided some additional light towards uh, social injustices, the the cause towards having equality um, in the United States. So I know Jim's got a a couple, I think at least one example from a game um, today where after a kickoff, a couple teams did some stuff. Yeah, in the Atlanta game, the uh, after a kickoff, all the team, both teams kneeled and stayed knelt as a shine, as a sign of uh, unity and observance to what's been going on in the world. So, I thought that was cool. The Thursday night game itself, the Chiefs dominated. As I don't know if that's what we expected, but we were hoping uh, for a better game. But the Chiefs definitely dominated that game. I I don't think that we. I didn't expect such a domination, but Mahomes is amazing. Like he just has so many weapons in so many places. It, it was—I don't see how they could not make a run at the title again. It, it, who's going to beat them? Is really like that's the question mark for the season. Who will beat the Chiefs? Thoughts, Nate? You have any, any thoughts on that? I mean, I think maybe Baltimore can keep up with them point for point. But, I mean, at this point, you just got to keep, keep away with them. I mean, you put Patrick Mahomes on the field. Like you saw towards the end of was the first half there. They missed that field goal, and he had like 40 seconds left. I mean, dink and dunk right down the field. They got a cheap three right at the end of the half. Yeah. Yeah. It is, I think you're right. That keep away, you can't let them have the ball. you got to control time of possession, and you just – you can't let Patrick Mahomes on the field. And I still know if that will beat them, but I think that's your best shot. Yeah, I mean, you got to slow them down and you got to limit the turnover game too. I mean, yeah, if you, you can control the clock all you want, but if you're not putting up points with it, I mean, it's going to be worthless. Yep. I think I saw a stat that the three losses last year that the Chiefs had, the opponents that beat them all had over 40 minutes time of possession. So the mm-hmm. time of possession is a is a key stat, but I agree with Nate. You gotta you gotta put points behind that time of possession. But if you're gonna have 40 minutes time of possession, you're probably gonna be driving the ball anyway. So yeah. there's a good a good chance that you're getting something out of those drives, if, even if it's only three. So uh, anything else on the NFL that we missed? You guys want to chat about? No, I think that sums it up. I'll say one thing here, just I have the Rams game on the background. I don't know if it, you guys saw or anyone knew, but apparently Zeke Elliott now has a tattoo that says, feed me on his stomach. Yeah, I can see Zeke. that. That's been his thing. Yeah, he literally just scored a touchdown on a swing pass and lifted up his shirt and pointed where it says, feed me. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Zeke, is, Zeke is an odd duck lately with his nose piercings and his... His, his general outlook. So, he's getting a tattoo of what he's been doing since he was in college of Feed Me. Good for Zeke. Hey, 
Zeke is building on his brand quite literally at this point. <laughs> right. Good for him. All right. Well, that's the the first the first dive into the the football week again. We've got a game going on right now, and we've got two games on Monday night. Um, but if there's anything from our breakdown you'd like to see in the future, maybe you know more more actual breakdown. Who knows? Um, that could be helpful for us. If you uh, really have an interest in this and want to get involved with the show, reach out to us. Maybe you can be a guest in another week. Well, <clears throat> week one is drawing to a close of the NFL season, and that means that our fantasy football league is going to have its first share of winners and losers. It's been a, yeah. it's been a day. Jim, Jim and I talked earlier today, and he was uh, – getting a little stressed out having this this red zone package having some co constant constant uh just constant stimulation visual stimulation looking at games all over the place so it's a big it's it's a big adaptation to go from i'm um, trying to figure out how ohio state makes the college you know championship to watching a bunch of players and seeing how i win it's a lot. And then when you have this red zone package where they're switching games all the time, how do you keep track of it all is, I don't know. And everybody who goes to the bar and sees all seven games on TV at once, I don't know how people do it. And there's some people who are in multiple, like you guys are in multiple leagues, aren't you? Yeah. Indeed. And some people have money on some of these leagues <laughs> muff I, I'm gonna guess Nate probably does too I don't know very stressful no I'm not in a money league but other league I'm actually doing pretty well against someone that's actually in the sports stuff league as well uh, somebody else in the Compton household I think no, in the other league I met and beaten Alex pretty good. So, see, see, it's stressful, Moff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So be. Frankie buckets looks like. So yeah, it looks like Frankie buckets is going to take two L's this week. One in this league and one in our ESPN league. Frankie buckets is in the close game in our league. Yeah, that's yeah, the closest. Close, but... That's the closest one left. That's uh, I like sports. At Keith, at Keith Stone on the Twitters, um, and Frankie Buckets at Pokeface. Some numbers after that. Um, <clears throat> that's that's projected to be like you know within a point or two. Then the game of the week, our man Scott LaRock. And, taking the uh, big old L. Scott LaRock's taking the L this week. I really thought that was going to be a lot closer. Oh, I Turns assume. Out, that it would not be. Turns out I was wrong. I don't know. For you, Jim, looks like you're on a going to be a clean sweep. You're up by like what, 40, 50 points on this right now? Yeah, I did okay. And that was projected to be close too. But I did okay. The next week, I think I go against, I don't know. I think I love sports. Me and I love sports. Me and Keith. Mm. I'm not excited for that one. Well, we've done some preliminary looks into uh, some of the bad roster choices of the week. Um, some of these will still be to be determined based on tonight's game and maybe, 
some of tomorrow's games, but um, we've got a few. We've got a few uh, roster snafus here. Um, I did not start Calvin Ridley, who tossed up about 30 points today, um, or else I would have easily and cemented Scott a victory. Scott says thank you. <laughs> yeah. Scott says thank you to, to keep it competitive. Um, Hugh... Hughes' legit team um, did not start Chris Carson. Chris Carson put up about 25 points. And I was actually golfing. Yeah, I think with, that would have put him over too. Yeah, for, former guest of the show, Hugh. I, um, I was actually golfing with him today, and uh, he, he made a last-minute roster change, and it, uh, it involved Chris Carson, so it did not work out for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's still projected at 150 points, though, so no lo- loss there. Nah, no, no big loss, but it's just one of – just like me, I'm still projected to win. But it's all about them points in the end because that's one of the tiebreakers. If we get down to it. Our man Dave with his uh, first draft pick and uh, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, he's struggling this week. Who's he run? Who's he against? That's he play. He's up against he's Hugh. Hughes. Yeah, he's up so by first, almost sixty points. The first draft pick did not pay off for him. I'm not going to go that far. Pat Mahomes put up twenty points for him. That's not a bad outing from a quarterback. But that's all he did. Pat. Yeah. Like well, the first, no other, the first else came through for him. Yeah, but the first pick was good. I can't say about the picks after that. The first pick didn't hurt him. Right. So some things we need to take care of in this fantasy league before we move on. Okay. Nate, you're in the league. What are we naming the person who comes in last? What is that award called? What's your vote? Oh, you already said we're going to call it the Kevin. All right. So the Kevin. Well, well, hold on. Nate didn't vote there. He just said, <laughs> I thought Jim had decided it was going to be the Kevin. This was a very way, this was a leading question that was just tossed out there. <laughs> Nate, what are you thinking about naming it the Kevin? If you had an option, Nate, would you want to call it something else? I mean, I don't think I can come up with anything else off the top of my head right now. I might have to come back to that. Okay. I'll okay. keep you up to date. If I come up with anything better than the Kevin, I'll let you know. Oh, we don't, it doesn't need to be better. It just needs to be options. We need options. We need a vote. We need a real vote for this. The next thing, the one who comes in last, is that the least amount of points? What, is, what constitutes as last in this league, Muff? Typically, it's record, but we could, do, okay. we could do the lowest points for total if we really wanted to. I don't know. The league needs to decide these things. If we're going to decide the name that way. So everybody who listens to the show that's in the league, start talking your trash, start voting on the award name, start determining who comes in last. That's what I'm saying. Get involved. Or we're going to start calling you out. Nate, you're going to be a part of the show. Hold these people accountable another, with us. Might be another poll question for you, guys, to put out there. there what we should go. we do for the last place team? Total points or record? All right. Write it down, Jim. Make it happen. 
So let's move on. Let's do a little question and answer with Nate. Well, well, first off, we we're not going to move on here. We've got oh. some other we've got some other roster roster things to go over. Okay. We can't just, we can't just gloss over the Compton household. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, Jim's wife had Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook on the bench, both who could have potentially put her no, in position no, to win. No, she didn't. She did. No, she, she had didn't. Adam Thielen in her roster. I'm playing her this week. She Thielen was rostered? Yeah. yeah, Thielen and Cook were both rostered this week. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, she really had everybody just, good to go. Yeah, the only person she really had on the bench last I checked was uh, that rookie running back from the Bills, that uh, Zach Moss. Yeah. Never mind then. This was a snafu on my end. Yeah, Moss. Well, she lost anyway, so she's going to need some help, buddy. The problem there was Odell Beckham. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he was doo-doo. And she had the Bears defense. Also doo-doo. Cleo Mack can't change it all, guys. He can't change it all. Yeah. But uh, Wilk, he had Minnesota's defense. That hurt him. Not doing too much. Not going to do no. too much for you. But, say, they were in the negative this week, I think, weren't they? Negative four. I have put a call out in the league chatter in our chat on the app. Week 10, I need a running back, and I'm willing to trade and pay cash for a running back in week 10. <laughs> you can plan ahead, Jim. There's a lot of time left to maybe do a trade or, you know, find somebody on the waiver wire. I'm, start, or... I'm putting the feelers out there now. Week 10. I need a running back. I'm willing to pay cash and trade. Put it out there. Well, so what's, every... your, what's your cash offer now? And is it yeah. going to go up based on your record at the time? Slide into the DMs. I'm not going to talk about it here in the public. Slide into the DMs. People talking to people on this one. Yep. Yep. So now can we move on, Muff? We can move on now. We can move on now. All right. So, Nate. Yes, sir. You are, you are a referee. Not the, the title referee, but I am on a crew of officials, yes. Not so, wearing the white hat. In the age of COVID – what are some of the challenges that come with that? So right now, one of the biggest challenges for us is definitely communicating for the schools. What do we need to do before we get there? So whether it's wearing a mask when we arrive, wearing it on the field up to, through the game, different protocols, because being in a high school official, you go county by county by their guidelines. So I've been talking to some guys around – some schools are saying they want you to arrive no earlier than an hour. They want you in your mask during the game. Some don't. And I can speak from my first game of the year. We actually got dressed at the school and were shuttled to the field. They didn't even want us in the same vicinity as the team locker rooms. Huh. So one of the things I've heard is that you officials – are not allowed to touch the ball. Yes, that is correct. How does that work? 
So me, I actually work as an umpire on my crew, which for those that may say, what the hell is an umpire? <laughs> so that is the guy that stands roughly right behind the linebackers and spots the ball. So this year, like you mentioned, they don't want us touching the balls. So what they want us to do instead is to spot it with an orange bean bag. And all the officials are like, we don't have orange bean bags. That's not part of our standard equipment. So what they told us to do is take your blue ones that we have for loose ball, fumbles, whatever, duct tape it orange. Okay. <laughs> all right. So instead of grabbing the ball from the receiver, the running back, quarterback, wherever, they want us to spot it with an orange bean bag and the offense takes the ball back to the huddle with them, and the center brings it up and is responsible for spotting the ball. Huh. So when they come back from the huddle into formation, do they put it on the orange bean bag, and then you pick up the orange bean bag after the play, or do you? No. So what we have to do there is they treat the orange bean bag like any other line on the field. So the tip of the ball touches the tip of the bean bag. And we're not allowed to go pick it up until after the next play. So, for example, let's say you're on your own 20-yard line. You get a five-yard run. I want you to spot the next one at the 25, then go pick up your old beanbag. How many of these orange beanbags do you carry, Nate? Personally, I carry four. Because the, once you get to teams that run no huddle or you get on a field with grass that's up pretty high, you're not going to be able to either go back and get them or you're not going to be able to see them. So on the equipment that you carry on you, Nate, mm -hmm. you have these four bean bags. Yes. Four orange bean bags. Do you, do you have blue bean bags? Yes. I have carry one blue bean bag and a penalty flag. One penalty flag. Yes. Some guys carry two, but I only carry one. So you essentially have like a Batman utility belt. If you want to call it that way, I could, or I could just, you know what, maybe I'll get a little hand warmer, stuff them all in there, carry a little fanny pack and put everything in there. Okay. But yeah, it does get a little crazy. So that's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Cause like last week we played on a game on grass and like I said, I carry four and we're getting down towards the end of the half teams running no huddle, trying to score because they're out of timeouts and, I'm feeling around in my pockets and I'm out of bean bags. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What'd you do? What do you do? So either the referee has to try to trail and pick up one and toss it or the back judge after a long run, will try to get one if it's back there. But that's the thing. It's like, well, what do you want us to do if we run out of them and we're not allowed to touch the ball? Because, I mean, huh. right before halftime, we're going – we're walking the field before the band comes on, trying to find the orange beanbags to start the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so But it's bizarre because it's different state to state. So, one state we're doing beanbags. The other state, football is normal as far as touching footballs. Yeah. So, here's my next question. I've seen some weird predicaments in high school football and even in the NFL. So – when the ref is communicating to the stands or to the press box what the call is, they're taking off their mask to say to the crowd what the call was. Right. And then putting it back on. Mm -hmm. 
that seems to be kind of a cluster sometimes. Yeah. Is I that happening with, in your world? No. High school, they are not mandating it that we have to wear them. But there are guys that work on the sidelines that are wearing them. And that brings up another good point is now they have these electronic whistles. Okay. Which, I, personally, I'm not a fan of. Because we have one guy on our crew, and he wants to wear one of those neck gaiters and wants to use an electronic whistle. But, I mean, you just can't hear them. I mean, okay. even though there's less guys out there, I mean, on the sidelines and less fans in the stands, I mean, you just don't get the pitch you get from that normal standard whistle. All right. In the in the games that you've been working, have there been fans in the stands? Have there been limitations to the amount of people, home versus visitor? Yeah, there's been fans in the stands of both games. And from what I've been hearing, I know it changes week to week with all the different updates. Yeah. It's been the lesser amount of either 1,500 people or 15%. Okay. So we were talking to the AD at the first school we were at. And he said his 15% was, I think, 450 people he could fit in their max, but there may have been 200. Hmm. So I would never have thought of the beanbag thing or, or touching footballs. I, that, I heard that this two yeah. weeks ago. So today, a player. Oh, it's not fun. A player was ejected today for not keeping social distance from a referee. I think it was a Detroit Lion. Yeah. Are there rules in high school about keeping social distance from the referee or official? Keeping social distance, no, but I'm pretty sure all the players, coaches know that you're not to make contact. So, I mean, if you don't like a a certain penalty we call or you have something else you want to complain about, you're not supposed to come up and, like, point the guy at the chest or pat him on the shoulder or whatever. But, I mean, certain guys are going to be more lenient with that stuff. I mean, me working in the middle of the field, of course I'm going to be close to everybody. So, I'm not worried about it. It's just the fact that they don't want you going up there and, like, having an argument with a guy and just running into him, touching him and whatnot. Okay. First, just so we're clear, the guy got thrown out of the Lions game. He, yeah. It was not socially distanced was the issue. No, that's what they said. It was an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty when he contacted the official in the chest with his helmet. Well, that's also, what they he said. The guy. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, well, yeah, if you headbutted an official, yeah, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> this is very interesting. How about uh, disinfecting the footballs? Are they doing that? That, oh, we're not sure because, again, we're not allowed to touch the ball, so – I don't know if they're doing it in between possessions. I mean, I believe they're supposed to be doing it. And that's another thing, too, is we're supposed to inspect the balls before the game. And we were doing it at our game last week. And I'm talking to the other guys on my crew. I'm like, yeah, I understand we're supposed to check the footballs for pressure and make sure all the laces are intact and whatnot. But what makes a difference right now if we're checking the balls or not, if we're not allowed to touch them? They might be throwing in whatever football they want. You might have the Brady deflate gate ball coming in. You will know, but you can't touch it. Right. Are you still working with a full crew, the same amount you'd normally work with? Yeah, same amount of guys right now. So it's five 
averages five man crews. Some bigger schools will go to six. And mm-hmm. I think there's actually some smaller school games that might even be going down to four just due to lack of officials. Now, do they tell you, does the school tell you, hey, we've had an outbreak or, hey, like, are they required to make it make you know that they've had an outbreak? I would assume so. I mean, I don't talk to the schools directly. They've, the head referee on each crew is responsible for contacting the school game week and getting our requirements if we need to have any certain like mass requirements or where we need to meet and things like that. So I would imagine. So, I mean, it seems like in West Virginia, it seems to be a little bit more restricted because they have that color coded map they have every week, but most of my games are in the state of Ohio but when, to my knowledge, they don't have that kind of system. But still, I mean, same thing, different county, different school district, everything's going to be different. I just bring it up because there was a coach who was supposed to be quarantined. And did you see he, he got a cherry picker and coached from the cherry picker? Yeah, I did see that. I didn't know if that was – if the referee had made, made aware of that or if that was – I didn't know if that was something you had to be aware of. Hey, our no, coach I mean, has I'm COVID. Sure if there was, I'm sure if there was an outbreak, they would let us know or just to keep us on the heads up like, hey, we've had a couple of people test positive in the schools. But I feel like if it got to that point, they might just shut it down. Right. This is very interesting, Nate. Yeah, because like I said, it's just week to week, it's different. Like, where are we meeting? Like, do we have to wear the mask on the field? Do we have to wear the mask as we're walking from the locker room to the field and vice versa? I would like hmm. to see you wear the Andy Reid face shield. That was something else. I don't know how he ended up seeing out of that at all. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. as you guys know, I wear glasses. I don't do contacts. So, we're supposed to wear our mask during pregame up until the time we're officiating. And I get the same way. My glasses look like Andy Reid's face mask by the time I'm ready to take it off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's – I'm glad you don't have to referee with the mask on. Oh, if we did, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be contacting be players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. Anything well, else you want to impart on us? No, I think the only other thing that I just remember that they're doing now too is is instead of like my position working in the middle of the field is some crews are doing it per state suggestion to work the center judge position, which is just opposite the referee. So that even makes it more difficult with that orange beanbag. So again, you get a five-yard gain, you're going to run up 20 yards to spot it, and then you're going to run back 15 more to go back into position. So uh, I got, do you, do they cycle you out every other week or can you do it every week? They're recommending that we do the position, the center judge back with the referee, but I did it for the first game. And I said to myself, there's just way too much running here to try to keep up with the speed of the game. That, and I was thought to myself, too, you need to have that presence in the middle of the field because you never know if guys are punching under the pile or talking smack in between downs. So just to have that physical presence of an official there kind of deters away from some of that. Got it. Hmm. 
All right. Well, we're going to have Nate back. Nate's going to, if, if you don't mind, Nate, we're probably going to no, have absolutely. you in in your own segment to kind of give us Nate's bad calls of the week. So This could even be a call that you've made. Maybe you have a bad call of the week that you want to uh, you want to confess. You want to confess yeah. on the podcast. We we could we can do that, but um, we'll we'll bring forth some some bad calls that have happened in either college or or the pros. Let's get your take on it, and um, we'll go from there. Yeah. All right, sounds like the plan. But thanks for sharing this. This has been great. Yeah, it's interesting information, and uh, we we look forward to welcoming Nate back again. We have any sponsors that would like to. Uh, you know, sponsor Nate's segment, Bag Calls with Nate, then, uh, you know, see what we can do. Hit us up. Hit us up at Sports Gym Muff on Instagram and Twitter, sportsgymuff at gmail.com. <laughs> now it's time for the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. <laughs> on this week's Fast Five, <clears throat> we're going to cover a wide variety of topics, which is fun for us. Um, and the first topic we're going to get into, college football. We've, we've come with some more conferences have come back into the, the fold here. Um, you had the ACC come back into action, and the Big 12 came back into action this past week. Yay. <laughs> Yay it is. Clemson rolled 37-13 to 13 in their game against nobody that we really care about. So, <laughs> moving on from that, um, number 10, Notre Dame. And, again, these rankings are kind of odd thinking about it right now in my mind because not all of the teams are playing. Number 10, Notre Dame makes it through against, uh, against Duke in South Bend, 27-13. to 13. North Carolina, I must say they looked impressive just overall, 31-6 over Syracuse. North Carolina's, you know, starting to come on as a, I'm not going to say a football school, but at least as a more successful football program, especially since Mac Brown is there. That's been a help, I think, probably to their recruiting efforts as well as their just structure within the program. So we'll see where that takes them. But for now, they're doing okay. We did have a couple upsets over the weekend. Jim, do you know who those upsets were? Yeah. UL, Lafayette, beat Iowa State, and Arkansas State lost – or beat uh, Kansas State. Yay. A little bit more enthusiasm for football, Jim. I'm sorry, man, but, like, did you hear the first three highlights that you spoke of? Like, you said Clemson rolls. Okay. You said Notre Dame makes it through Duke and that North Carolina looked impressive against Syracuse. Any other non-COVID year, this would be like a fart in church. You'd be like, oh, what? What did he just say? Come again? Why is this on? Why is this a highlight? But, like, this is the highlight we have to speak of for college football. So, like, no, I'm not that enthused. I guess I'm okay. It's back. Did you watch any college football over the weekend? Not. I take that back. I watched – Five minutes of the Notre Dame game. Okay. That's the only game I watched as well. I watched about a quarter and a half of the Notre Dame game, and I did not watch any other college football. That was busy, but, um, but yeah. There were some interesting 
there's some interesting COVID news out of the call drinks, though. There was well, a that game. I did see. There was a game postponed. Yep. Virginia, Virginia Tech. Because of COVID concerns in Virginia Tech, had over 200 positive tests in the last seven days. Now, that's the school, school not the it's team. It's the school. That's within the school, correct. That's that's the first one of probably – you'll probably have one of these a week, in my opinion. That is just my opinion. Call it a hot take. I believe we will have one of these a week where one will be delayed. Just a, just a thought. We will see. And then Memphis actually halted all of their football activities because of a significant number of individuals testing positive. Now, for that, I don't know if that's at the school or within the football program. I believe that's at the football program, okay. from what I read. So that's a proactive measure, trying not to spread it amongst the rest of the football team. Correct. And staff, and I'm sure staff and coaches are involved in that, that as well. So. Right. So that's kind of one of the angles of college football, what's been going on as far as games that have been played. There is some interesting news out of the Big Ten. I guess. It's news. It's the ongoing saga of the Big Ten. There's the mystery vote. Are they going to play? When are they going to play? Is it anytime soon? So the way we're supposed to vote the middle of this week was the rumor. That vote didn't happen. They were going to vote on Friday, I think. That vote didn't happen. Then the Big Ten formulated a bunch of these panels. There was a medical panel. There was an academic panel. There was panel for panel. Well, the medical panel had, had uh, inclusion from, from our respective Big Ten fandom schools. Sandy Barber, the athletic director of Penn State, was on the medical committee, and so was the lead physician at Ohio State. Yes. In fact, I believe every panel had an Ohio State or a Penn State or a Michigan lead, which was great news for us. Yes. In terms of bringing us back. Now, I want to be real clear here. I am not advocating to bring up back the Big Ten unless it's proven that it's safe for the players and the universities and all play- people involved. What I am against is Kevin running roughshod and just doing whatever he wants to do with no transparency. So let me put that out there before anybody else ats me or texts me and says that I'm being ridiculous. Okay? So... Let's get back to this. Kevin and the president of Rutgers and some other schools are putting their foot down saying, we will not be swayed by political pressure or media pressure. We will do this by facts. That's great. I hope, I hope you'd stand by that. Because Lord knows and I speak for only Jim, I don't want some politician calling you, telling you to play, and then you say, okay, and you play, because that will make you lose credibility. But I also want you to outline the benchmarks that 
you have to hit so that everybody understands what the hell you're doing. That's what I want. Jim so just was for a little transparency, guys. Just a oh, little bit. Oh, man. So then there was a vote supposed to happen yesterday. That didn't happen. So then there was supposed to be a vote right before we came on to do this show. And they said, no, we didn't vote. But we saw a bunch of presentations, and we liked those. And during all this rumors and, you know, because the Big Ten, again, leaks worse than a, a boat with many holes. There was seven out of seven schools were ready to go. A couple were staying silent, but there was hope that they were on the same train, but they, they just stayed silent. And there were a couple not going to happen. But they're not voting today now. Vote could happen tomorrow. The vote, last thing I saw is that there should be a vote by the middle of the week. See what I mean? We'll, we'll see what the middle of the week means. Does that mean Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Is it going to get delayed again? It's just, just, just make it, make a deadline for yourself and then make and a stick decision. stick to it. Make a decision. Don't extend it. There's, we, as, as has been mentioned in many, many places that I have seen, we are seeing the scientific method in action in real time right now in all of these things, which means there is going to probably new information available daily that could sway an opinion or a decision based on that new information. We can't, we just can't sit here and wait day to day and say, oh, maybe this is the thing that's going to make us want to start football for sure, or this is going to be the thing that's going to make us want to cancel it for sure. You just got to go with it. I'll tell you what, and I'm, well, this is the fast five, so I want to move quickly. What bothers me the most today and this whole week, Ryan Day and James Franklin went on game day yesterday and said their piece, and uh, Ryan Day was kind of campaigning, saying we got to get back before the end of October if we want a shot at the college football playoff. And then there was scuttlebutt from the Big Ten that those two going on TV saying what they said only hurt the chances of coming back. That it riled, it rustled the jimmies of some university presidents. And all that made me think was, Buff's right, and where are these athletic directors and this chain of command? Why aren't they speaking up? It should not be on the coaches solely to be the spokesman for these universities and programs. Because those coaches did not go on game day without somebody saying it's okay. Exactly. So the Big Ten is this endless soap opera that hopefully they'll get it right at some point. Whatever right may be, again, people, I'm not advocating for football to come back or football to stay gone. I just want some transparency. Next in the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Connor McGregor in the news. Oh, Connor. Connor so, can't get out of his own way sometimes. Sometimes he can't. And sometimes it depends. Um, so the first thing he did, which I think was a good thing, he basically kind of stoked the fires again for another fight with A. Diaz, whether it's Nate um, or Nick, whatever one it was, he kind of stoked those fires that, hey, maybe I'm not retired. Um, there was a picture of both brothers on Twitter 
And he responded with, line them up. And I, as a fan of that fight, was pretty pumped. Like, ooh, I, I, I don't care which one he fights. That would be cool. Well, it wasn't until maybe a day or two later, Connor gets arrested uh, in Corsica for um, possible sexual harassment, sexual assault, and indecent exposure. Connor has his trouble with the law, as we all know. He has been accused of breaking a person's cell phone, damaging a bus, hitting an old man. And now these charges, um, they don't look good. Now, the other side of that coin is his lawyers saying that this is just a money grab. He didn't really do it. Um, and it's hard to believe. It's hard to figure out what to believe. There are rumors that he exposed himself to a female at a bar going to the restroom. She was going to the restroom and he would happen to be going in the same vicinity and exposed himself. Um, Connor is Connor. And I could totally see some of these accusations being true. I could also see it being false. He does attract a lot of attention. He is a man of of notoriety. Quite literally. To, right? I mean, that is his nickname, Notorious. Um, but Connor gets in his own way, so I could totally see this happening. Um, we'll see. And then after that, after this whole fiasco, he, they brought him in for questioning. He wasn't charged with anything. He then says he's on his yacht with his fiance, who also happens to be one of his managers. And he's in, he's being tested in the UFC drug test for performance anything drugs, which kind of hints that he's not retired. So. And what are you doing? And with that, I mean, not only just not retired, but why is he, being drug tested like a day after he has contact with authorities. That seems like right. a sketch. <laughs> right. So I, Connor needs to get right. And I think that happens to a lot of these UFC fighters, John Cokehead Jones. A lot of these guys get money, get big fast. And I think just become this train wreck. I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm not saying he's innocent. I think they have the capability of doing these horrible things and they get into these messes. That's a take on Conor McGregor. The next in the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Some news from NASCAR. Yeah, I found this to be really interesting. So Bubba Wallace, we've talked about him before, NASCAR's lone black driver, um, is leaving Richard Petty in the 43 team. Um, he kind of hints that he's outgrown uh, Richard Petty and it's time for him to move on. Um, obviously, with some of the controversy and from the uh, rope noose situation, um, I, he also gained notoriety and, and some sponsorship from that situation and the way he handled it. I thought he handled it well. Um, he has been offered offered a contract from Chip Ganassi in the 42 team, um, which is interesting, and I'll explain that. Um, 
but he thinks it's time to move on. And he was very grateful to Richard Petty and he had a nice heartfelt, Hey, I'm leaving um, Instagram post. Um, I don't think there's any hard feelings with him and Richard Petty, but to be offered a contract from Chip Ganassi uh, is kind of ironic. Um, Matt Kenseth is the current driver for the 42 team. And he is the replacement driver for Kyle Larson. Do you know anything about Kyle Larson, Muff? I do not. Nothing on Kyle, Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson was one of the best drivers, young drivers, in NASCAR. And then lost that ride because during the COVID suspension, the we're not racing for a minute. Oh, he dropped that the, guy. He dropped the not-so-good end uh, bomb um, like an idiot during one of the i races it's basically video game racing yeah they're virtual races i don't know what they're calling it but yeah and lost his ride and so because matt Kenseth is you know probably not going to have that ride full time he was just filling in chip ganassi offered him this being bubba wallace that contract bubba didn't say he's going to take that he just told everybody he's been offered that there are also rumors that Rick Hendrick, the owner of the 48 Jimmy Johnson team, may also be interested in Bubba, which would be pretty big because there's a lot of money and backing when you run for Hendrick and you're coming into the 48 team, a championship team. So the future for Bubba Wallace is bright. He brings his own sponsorship money and, um, you know, sponsors with him and both these teams. And I hate to say this about Richard Petty, but have a lot more backing than Richard Petty. So it'll be an interesting thing to see. I think it will help Bubba Wallace in the long run. So I look forward to seeing what happens. And that's our obligatory NASCAR discussion. (laughs) Every other episode. Hey, if we do golf, we can do some NASCAR. That's what I'm saying. Every other episode. Next on the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five, some women's tennis news. Hey, I like this women's tennis situation that's going on. Uh, The U.S. Open was this past week. Um, Some notes that I want to talk about that I think are fantastic. Serena Williams hit a 124-mile-an-hour ace, the fastest serve of 2020. 124 miles an hour muff tennis ball. I don't care if it's a tennis ball. I don't care if it's a marshmallow and then coming at me at 124 miles an hour. I'm not hitting back. So that to me is impressive. She is also the first player to record a hundred wins in Arthur Shea stadium. Arthur Ashe. I'm sorry. No, it's Arthur Shea stadium. You might be right. I might get that wrong, but that's what I wrote down. I think that's cool anyway. She's the first, not female, first Person. tennis player, yeah. which is crazy. Serena Williams, to me, is just fantastic. Um, but she fell in the semis to Victoria Azarenka. Azarenka. Yeah. Thank you. I got it right, too, there. I want you to take note. I'm getting better at these names. Um, in the semifinals. And then Victoria fell to Naomi Osaka, 
Okay. Good job. This this 22-year-old, and we've talked about her before because she's the one who chose I'm not going to continue to play when all the other sports figures said they're going to take a break for social justice. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up winning the U.S. Open. And there are a couple notes I want to talk about during her run to win this. For each match that she won, she wore a different mask, seven masks in all. And on those masks were a victim of social injustice, which I thought was great in itself, just that gesture. And when I don't know if I can do it justice with how the uh, journalist asked her, but basically it was, what were you trying to do with these masks? Or what was, what were you trying to say with these masks? And she basically said, to make you talk about it. And just the way her blunt response was, was like, um, hey, dummy, to make you ask me this question so that we have this conversation. And so for a 22-year-old to be that blunt with a journalist who was obviously fishing, I thought was really cool. I think it's cool that she won. I think it's cool that her and Serena Williams and even uh, Victoria Azarenka they kind of put the sport on the map, which is cool. They're, they're, you know, not that it wasn't on the map before, but like they're keeping it alive. Um, and then she rocked the Kobe jersey as she carried the, uh, the trophy and even the press conference after because Kobe was also a big supporter of women's tennis as a, as a girl dad. She, he, she, he was a big uh, proponent of female sports. So I just think the whole thing was really cool. Um, so good on on all the ladies in this sport. Way to go, ladies in women's tennis. Way to go. It's very interesting, Muff. Do you, did you watch it at all? I did not watch any of the U.S. Open tennis. I did keep up with the Naomi Osaka, um, what she was doing match to match. And I think I saw that you had shared at one point the Serena Williams info in the serve. All of them could kick my ass at that sport. All of them. The the worst ranked player in the Women's Tennis Tennis Federation would wipe the floor with me. Absolutely. I don't think I'd keep up. It'd be embarrassing. And last on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. (laughs) An update in the NBA. Things have been happening. Things have been happening. And besides, you know, the Rondo brother and and Russ getting into it last night. Did you see any of that? Oh, there was some scuffle. That was crazy. LeBron was being LeBron. He pushed uh, pushed the Lakers to the semifinals. LeBron almost got into it in the game too. Yeah, but that wasn't that was. It wasn't good. intentional, and nothing of it was intentional. That's the that's and why the poor it was kid somewhat comical. The poor kid who hit that ball and accidentally hit LeBron in his bald spot. When LeBron turned around, that kid almost pooped his pants. That wasn't that wasn't even poor kid. Like whoa 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 that no <laughs> not didn't mean to sorry sorry guy that, that, that was my bad. But uh, in the East we have the Heat versus the Celtics, and in the West we have the Lakers versus whenever this series may end. Game seven another, coming up. The Nuggets and the Clippers. So I think we should first tackle who's going to win that series, Muff. 
the Clippers and Nuggets in their game seven. Yeah. Well, to keep any hope alive for me and any of the teams that I had picked to go to the finals, any of the teams that I picked to go to the finals, I need to see the Clippers. Okay. I want to see the drama, so I'm going to pick the Clippers so we can see L.A. versus L.A., the battle for L.A. So write it down. I'm picking L.A. So then in the West, we'd have the Lakers versus the Clippers. Who do you have in that one, if that were to come? I, I'm still going to go with the Clippers. That was, my, that was my dream pick from the start. The Raptors didn't hold up their end of the bargain, but I can still get the Clippers. I'm taking the Lakers. So, in the East, Heat versus the Celtics. Give me the Celts from I'll pick Boston. First. All right, you'll pick first. You'll pick first. I don't want to see Boston versus the Lakers. I don't want to see it. I don't that's, want that that's history the matchup. repeat. Yeah, that's a matchup, man. That's traditional. That's I know. old school. I just don't want to see it. I, I, I don't want to have that, that moment in a bubble. I just don't. But I'm going to pick the Celtics anyway because I just don't think the Heat can withstand the Celtics. Jimmy Butler. If anybody's going to do it, Jimmy's going to be the one. So then I'm going to, I'm going to push you a second. Who do you think wins in the L.A., whatever L.A. wins, versus the Celtics? I think the Celtics come out on top. So you're saying the Celtics take it all? It's my pick. Spoken like a true Irishman. I got a team from L.A. winning. <laughs> Spoken like a man who's been a Chargers fan for way too long. <laughs> That's right. So that's your NBA update. There's other things we could talk about in the NBA, a lot of coaching carousel issues. Um, and maybe we save that for next episode because I think it still needs to iron itself out. But yeah, you're still – who knows? I don't know how the bubble will affect any of these coaching decisions moving forward. But, yeah, I usually see after the finals there's a little bit more come out about coaching, the coaching carousel. So to be – to be determined at a later time on that discussion. So that wraps up this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's our favorite time. The good, the bad, and the asshat. I will lead off with the good. Our guy, Joe Kelly. Uh... Serving his suspension. This week, he, uh, the, the Dodgers play the Astros in a return of the last situation that made Joe Kelly a legend. He can't play. But as he was driving to the game, fans were sitting uh, roadside, beating on their trash cans and heckling Astro players, and he drove up, and the fans cheered him. And he stopped, gave them a honk, and a thumbs up. That wasn't the only cool thing that Joe Kelly did. 
there was a mural painted for him. He took his family to the mural and got a picture and posted it himself up with that mural. So he's kind of relishing and kind of enjoying the spotlight and thanking those fans that are kind of worshiping his hero status. Our guy just continues to find ways to come back into relevancy in MLB. Not that it takes a whole bunch, but he keeps finding his way there. And I enjoy it. So as you serve your suspension, Joe Kelly, just know that on this show, you're our guy. So now on to the bad. And I don't really like calling this a bad, but because it makes me feel sad, it is bad. Ryan Shazier, former Ohio State Buckeye and Steeler, um, announces his retirement three years after suffering a devastating hit um, that left him, do we want to say paralyzed? What do he you want to re- call it? He required spinal stabilization surgery days after the the hit um, that took place in order to allow him the possibility of maybe being able to walk again. Yeah. Um, he never saw this retirement or this injury coming. Never planned to leave football this way. Um, the Steelers did right by him. They held, they kept him on the roster for the three years. He has been able to walk again. He did dance at his wedding. Um, he stayed on the staff, did help out uh, in a professional capacity. Um, he has a possibility of hosting his own podcast. Uh on Spotify. There are, he has a bright future, um, but football's not in that future. And so with that, I make th- that fact he's retiring the bad in this week's segment. Yeah, Ryan Shazier came out. I mean, he was he was to be the next big linebacker for the Steelers. That He was in that coverage linebacker role, the one that they're trying to fill with Devin Bush right now. Um, I mean, I enjoyed watching him play. He kind of Ran over the all over the field like Ray Lewis, but was more of a cover cover linebacker, which was which was cool to see. And that's, you know, that's kind of the prototypical line. You need at least one of those linebackers to be able to cover running backs out of the backfield as well as some of those bigger tight ends. So he was he was a joy to watch. And you know, when that that hit happened, it was it was obviously you know a pretty pretty serious time and with Pittsburgh and the Steelers and everybody trying to understand what's going on and just to see him come through all of that um, in a way that's been beneficial for himself, for his family. And then, you know, the city's rally around him as well. That's been, been great to see. So um, glad that he's taken this step for himself. Um, the Steelers did keep him on the active, on the roster. He was on the physically unable to perform list. Um, they kept his, they honored his contract and the terms of his contract throughout that. Um, and he's also um, working towards finishing his, undergraduate program in psychology at Ohio State. Yeah, good on him. And now the asshat. Uh, I am not going to speak this man's name. So I'm going to hand over the asshat duties to Muff. Because I believe this man does not deserve for me to speak his name. 
So take it away, Muff. So we've got Skip Bayless coming out, just tossing out an opinion that is wrong time, wrong place, wrong everything. Um, Skip Bayless comes out and has a take on Dak Prescott being forthcoming, honest about some some depression that he's dealt with, you know, over the past six to 12 months, um, not just with the pandemic and just some of the other um, things that have been going on, but that his brother had also died in April of what was concluded to be an apparent suicide. Um, so Dak is kind of reflecting all of this in an interview. And then after this interview, Skip comes through with this take. A lot of young men uh -huh. and some older men and they're all looking to you to be their CEO, to be in charge of the football team. Because of all that, I don't have sympathy for him going public with, I got depressed. I suffered depression early in COVID to the point that I couldn't even go work out. Look, he's the quarterback of America's team. And you know and I know the sport that you play, it is dog-eat-dog. Dog. Mm -hmm. It is no compassion, no quarter given on the football field. If, if you reveal publicly any little weakness, it can affect your team's ability to believe in you in the toughest. So Skip comes out with that take. And there was more to the clip. Um, there's more to that segment. But that was, that was the basics that came through. Um, with everything that was going on there. But <clears throat> I want to preface this with, with just a, a little bit to say, I get what Skip's job is. It's to take the hard line. It's to take a difficult road. And when they get in those production meetings, he is probably forced to be an opinion that maybe he doesn't even agree with or feel is right the whole way. But as is the, as is the, the sports um, broadcasting in the sports talk show, you've got to have polar opposites in order to have a debate or an argument about a topic. I get all that. But to me, to come out and say depression is not something that the leader of a team, of a America's team, should be talking about. And Skip feels no sympathy for the fact that Dak had gone through a, a point of depression in his life during this time is just an outrageous take to me. It's, it's at a time whenever we are trying to normalize people being comfortable having discussions about those feelings, um, especially I, just from conversations I've had with other people, um, people in you know, the black community, people of color, that trying to normalize this more for themselves to feel comfortable to talk to somebody or to talk more about their feelings if they are feeling depressed. I just think this is it's an awful opinion to have um, and for me, I see this as Dak taking a strong position as a leader saying, hey, guys, I went through some of this. It's OK for us to chat about it. I found somebody to help me through this. And I think this is a great demonstration as a leader um, leading by example, showing his his team that you can go through some tough times, but there are ways to get through it and you don't just have to you know, seclude yourself. You don't have to go into a hole and just wait for five or six months to come out of it. There are ways that you can work through this um, that are not 
you know, the, the traditional method of tough it out, it'll be okay, you know, find something to fill your time. There are other ways to make that work. So um, to me, Skip is the asshat of the week for just being an insensitive prick and for furthering the narrative um, that seeking help is a sign of weakness. Um, the best leaders, to me, do what they can do to be healthy of mind, body, and spirit in order to best serve their teammates and be at their best when they are needed to be at their best. So that means taking care of yourself in every way possible in order to serve those that, that are either under your care or that you are de facto leader to that group. Um, so I just tell Skip, I want you to sit down and keep your takes to who's the GOAT in basketball and don't bring these takes into things that really matter to people's lives and to their well-being. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably couldn't say it any better. Um, the fact that he, I don't, he says, I don't give sympathy. Well, nobody asked you for your sympathy at all. Um, I won't say his name because I believe in my heart that he did this take to get the reviews and the attention so that people start watching his show more. And I just won't do it. I won't at him. I won't mention him on Twitter. I'm not going to do it. Um, we're going to talk. Uh, Muff's going to say his name for our segment because we deem this asshat segment to be important so that we can point out when somebody is an asshat. This man is an asshat. And what he did was being an asshat. In the purest form of what we've, what this segment is intended to bring about. Right. <laughs> and I, and I appreciate that we actually had somebody nominate Skip Bayless to be the asshat of the week. Yes. <laughs> nomination so came our way. <laughs> He is now he is now above Kevin, which I didn't think that was possible. I thought Kevin would ride for the whole rest of the year as the number one. Kevin now sits at two, and we have a now a number one asset. Oh, an heir to the throne. Yeah. It, so screw you, guy. So Muff, we can't end with a Debbie Downer. So this segment, we have to end with a happy note. Like every sports fan, I'm sure, we have a bucket list of things we want to accomplish in the sports world before we go into the great beyond. So I would like to share with you, and you can share with the fans, our top five things on our sports bucket list. Now, I want to make the fans aware. I have seen the Ohio State-Michigan game. I've been to a Red Sox game. I have done some things that aren't on this list. These are things I have not done. Okay? So I'll go first with my number five. Number five. I would like to go to a Penn State versus Ohio State whiteout game in Happy Valley. You and I have done the Penn State-Ohio State game in Columbus. 
Time to go to the return in Happy Valley with fans. With fans. The game we attended was the blackout game, wasn't it? It was. Yep. So I, that's number five. I just want to go there and experience it. It seems like a good time. Okay, my number five is to attend a men's World Cup final. Preferably the United States would be playing in that final, which may not happen in my lifetime. We will see. But I just think that the ability just to, to go to a World Cup final, number one, I think the atmosphere would just be crazy. Um, and two, to be able to see United States men play in a World Cup final. Um, the at this point it would be the first one so for me that'd be just I think that'd just be really cool because um, for me the world cup it comes around every the men's world cup comes around every four years Um, you kind of I get excited for it's something that I actually do look forward to in the in the soccer world so I think it'd be cool to be able to attend a world cup final I think that would be cool that would be a good time I don't care if the U.S. is in it or not I would like to enjoy the atmosphere of that Number four, for me, I want to go to a Rose Bowl bowl game. I don't care who's in it. I want to do all the pageantry that goes with it, the parade, the bowl game, the tailgate. I want to experience the Rose Bowl. You've got to figure a Big Ten team's in that. Right. So I want to go to the Rose Bowl. There's a lot of fanfare around the Rose Bowl, too, which is cool. Yeah. So. My number four is to be in the seats for a Steelers Super Bowl game. Mm, yeah, so going to the that. Super Bowl, but I would want it, want it to be the Steelers. Um, I've heard people say that going to the Super Bowl is it, it's just a totally different atmosphere. It's kind of like, you know, the people that sit in the first two rows of a, a heavyweight prize fight. You know, it's all the people that bought the seat kind of for the, oh, I was at it even if you may not care as much about who's in it, just to say you went to the Super Bowl is good enough, but I would want to be a fan there. I, I'd want to be paying attention to the game, the halftime show. Um, and obviously if the Steelers are in it, I want them to win. So that was my number four. Going to a Super Bowl where the Steelers are playing. Number three. Now I'm going to get real specific. I would like to go to Las Vegas in the fall so football's going on to see a UFC fight and stay the weekend so that I am betting on college football in the afternoon and that evening I see a UFC fight. It's very specific. I'm sorry, but that's the ultimate experience for me for a Las Vegas UFC fight. I'm betting and I get to see the fight. Okay. I can get on board with that, obviously, the betting. Right. My number three has already been stated, and that would be going to Happy Valley State College, Pennsylvania, to see a Penn State-Ohio State whiteout game. Would be a good time. If Kirk Herbstreet says it's a crazy atmosphere and talks good on it, then can't be bad. Exactly. My number two. I want to go see, and this is probably never going to happen. I want to see the Chargers in the Super Bowl and be at that. Probably never going to happen. You know, never's a long time. But that's what I'd like to see in my lifetime. 
My number two is going to Augusta to watch the mm. Masters on a Sunday. Sunday Masters. I would love to be able to walk the course, see what's going on, just the the history behind the Masters, the fact that um, Augusta National Golf Club is the host of that golf tournament every year, and it is a major championship, um, and that's not how any of the other major cha- championships go. So it's just, you know, you, you know the course so well just because you see it played every year. Being I'll tell you a- what. It's I, this is supposed to be the top five, but that right there would probably be in my top ten. And I don't even like golf that much, but I would like to walk the course and see it and have that experience. That's pretty cool. So my number one, be in the stadium during an Ohio State National Championship game. Because I've seen Ohio State, Penn State. I've seen Ohio State, Wisconsin. I've seen – I've been to the game twice. I need to go to a national championship Ohio State game. Do you care if they win or lose that game? I mean, is being there enough? So that – this is that my wife has asked me that question too. Of course, I, winning would be just the be-all, end-all. Right. And I've talked to people who were at the Ohio State uh, national championship when they lost, and it is kind of heartbreaking. But even they say just being there for it is an experience. So I don't think I, – I mean, obviously I'd be kind of crushed. Right. But to have that experience would be pretty cool. Good. My number one would be to attend a North Carolina Duke men's basketball game in Chapel Hill. Muff, this is your number one? This is number one. No Penn State National Championship? Listen, buddy, I can watch that on TV and I'd be okay with it. But you can also, like, that's not a hard thing to do to go to Chapel Hill. For that game, that's not an easy ticket to get. Muff, I feel like we could get that one crossed off your list pretty easy. Oh, I've had the opportunity to get that crossed off my list, but I did not have enough time to get to North Carolina to make this happen. And it was actually it was at Duke's court, so it wouldn't have been that bucket list. I have seen a basketball game. I've seen North Carolina play Pitt at, in, at Chapel Hill in the Dean Dome. I've seen that, but I would love to see Duke, North Carolina. In the Dean. How much do those tickets go for? I'm sure on the secondary market, you can probably get them for under 500 if you know the right people. Under 500. We're talking nosebleeders for under 500? Well, it's a basketball stadium, so nosebleed has a different, different thought there. But, yeah, up in the top rows probably. Wow, that's expensive. Again, I, I'm sure that you can probably find stuff cheaper, but that, that game – it's tough to get a good ticket, so. Man, okay, now I see why it might be a bucket list, because that's expensive. Yeah, it's not one of those things you just, like, pick up and go. Because, like, the Ohio State, that to me, when you say it, is like the Ohio State-Michigan game. And like I said, I've gone twice. That's an easy thing to do. But apparently, UNC Duke is not as easy. I'm sure that you can find cheaper tickets, and if I really wanted to dig into it, I could probably do it. But um, the, the finding the ticket, I think, is the bigger issue. All right. Well, that's our, our bucket list. Let's have the fans, if you guys 
hear this episode and you have something that's on your list, please share it with us. I look forward to hearing it. We'll post all this out on the Instagram and the Twitter later this week. Yeah. So people can engage with it. Again, follow us at Sports Gym Muff on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the podcast is available on all of the major outlets, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you think you can get. If there's another um, medium in which you would like to receive this content, let us know. We can see if we can put it on there for you. It doesn't take too much effort most of the time, but we will do what the fans want us to do. 